0: the earth destruction directed 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 directed
1: directed directed, directed. 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 <coughs>
0: Hello everyone and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive I am your host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today And we've got a very special episode for you And I do mean we, in a very real and literal sense As I am joined by not one, but two fellow freaks as my guests Uh, So this time I'd like to introduce my guests uh, From left to right, across your podcast dial I've got Dr. Bill Robinson, hello Bill
2: Oh wait! I gotta finish putting on this rubber mask to hide <laughs> my green face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, again, I'll, I said it. I said it while we were uh, in the the green room before recording. I hear that happens to you older guys every now and again. So that's <laughs> and uh, continuing across your podcast dial. Also joined by Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Gene Hendricks.
2: Greetings from the far flung future of
0: 1988. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, how are we doing this this morning, guys? Doing pretty good.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: Feeling good. So uh, yeah. So we are we're here to. Uh, this th- this is kind of the perfect crew to discuss the film that we've got today. We're taking a look at one of Toho's later uh, Showa era tokusatsu films, but it is not a Daikaiju film. So this is not a monster film. We're taking a look at 1977's The War in Space, and it will become very clear. Very shortly, I think, Oh, whoa, lie. whoa, 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 whoa wait, wait. Wait, The War in
2: Space? Oh, I watched the wrong thing. I watched... I watched The War on Space. It's the new documentary for Space Force. Uh, oh. I gotta go, guys. Oh.
0: Oh, I, I watched Prince of Space. I'll always be Prince of Space. I'll always be Prince of Space. <laughs> the War on Space. I thought The War on Space was a documentary about them not funding NASA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is Sunday morning, so we're going to get a little political on here, I think. But uh, <laughs>
2: Space <laughs> the nation.
0: <laughs> space <laughs> the nation. <laughs> the war Deep on the space. James. Are you for it or against it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes, yeah, so the war in space from 1977. Uh, Japanese title uh, is uh, Waikashu Dai Senso Zauu and Supesa. Great Planet War, the war in space. So again, does does what it says on the tin, pretty much. Um, so uh, that that and and I, you know, like I said, it, it is very it is very appropriate that we have the two stars of the uh, uh, unfortunately on hiatus but much beloved show Anime Freaks to to cover this because this has you know one or two minor parallels to the show you guys have done a lot of coverage on on Anime Freaks. No. <laughs> I'll see it myself. <laughs> well, maybe we'll hash it out as as we talk through it. So, uh, there was um, no
2: crazy cat lady here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you covered, the other thing.
2: <laughs> no, that was in that. That was that was the grave of the cats.
0: Yes. The you know, <laughs> you know what? Just as an aside for anime freaks, I'm um it I'm always amused. The one time or the the, the one of the times I started on that show, we covered Akira. And the f- if you go onto the Tutu Freaks website, and you go look at the file name for that episode, it's Akira AF. And I'm like, we were Akira AF on that show, weren't we, man? If you guys know your internet abbreviations. No? No. Mm. AF Oops. as what? F. Like, we were oh. Akira as I'm not. Uh, really
2: oh, okay. <laughs> Kira, you're talking. Or uh, Luke, you're talking to two old guys here. So
0: <laughs>
2: we, we don't know what what you kids do with your rocks and rolls and your internets and that stuff. Hey, look, I just figured out what FAQ meant. So uh.
1: <laughs>
0: well, we were Akira as F on that on that episode for sure. So we'll hope to be as war uh, in space as F on on this episode. So. <laughs> uh so the the war in space as i said was released in uh, 1977 by uh, toho um the that that date is very um crucial and I'll, I'll as i'll mention in a minute um the odd thing about this film is because of when it was made this is i said after the godzilla series was on hiatus uh so some of the names are familiar but some of these names are not as common for the toho Tokusatsus that we're used to covering here so our director is Jun Fukuda, who, of course, directed almost all of the back half of the uh, Godzilla series and s- many other films for Toho, well-known uh, director. Uh, the writing credits are Shuichi Nagahara and Ryozu Nakanishi, who don't have any other uh, giant monster credits that I could find. Uh, but they you know, they, they did work for Toho for some of their their later stuff. At this time, Toho's big moneymaker movies were their disaster movies, like Submersion of Japan. Um, and that, that was kind of the ones that they were more producing at this point. Our uh, producer, or excuse me, our director of special effects is uh, Teriyoshi Nakano, who again uh, took over for Eji Tsuburaya in the uh, 70s and was their head effects man at this point. And um, uh, assistant director of special effects, Koichi Kawakita, who of course would go on to replace Nakano in the 80s and 90s as the head special effects guy, at Toho. And our producer, uh, of course, Tomoyuki Tanaka, along with Fumio Tanaka, who produced all of the films for (laughs) Toho and is a very well-known figure. So that 1977 date is really, uh, really important because I I seem to remember there was some other space war movie that was released in 1977 that, you know, was kind of a big deal. Little, you know, the Close Encounters. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, That's the one. But uh, no. So Star Wars, of course, was released in 1977. But did not make its way to Japan until a year later till 1978. Well, the story goes that Tanaka and Nakano managed to see Star Wars in 1977. And so Tanaka's idea was, "Well, crap, I need to make a movie like Star Wars and get it out here before Star mm-hmm. Wars does." So, um the so that the, the production for The War in Space was kind of rushed into production in the summer of 1977, and it was released in December of 77, beating Star Wars into the theaters in Japan, thus making a pretty nifty <clears throat> amount of money for Toho by getting their movie out in a in a very quick manner. And uh, the other thing that's odd about this is uh, we're doing this, as, as we often do, on Tutu, on uh, well, on Tutu, not so much on Tuchu Freaks, but on Earth Destruction Directive, I've done this a few times, I'm doing this totally out of order. Uh, because in the in the in ni- in the fifties in nineteen fifty nine, Toho released a a different space opera movie called Battle in Outer Space. And originally the War in Space was sort of a sequel to Battle in Outer Space, but okay. they, they went they went away from that. And then uh, and, and the other thing is that it's the, the story itself with the you know kind of the, the the broad strokes of the of the plot are almost you know beat for beat in some places the same as Atragon. Which is from 1963, Atragon is the film with the, the flying submarine Atragon with the big drill on the front, and they fight the monster Manda from the Mu Empire. Yeah, you know? I've
2: got the, uh, I've got Super, at, uh, super Atragon, um, yeah, which is, anime, uh, right? which was anime.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so of course, I've managed to cover this one before both of those, so that's okay. <laughs> <Of
1: course. laughs>
0: But so had either of you uh, seen the War in Space before this? I
1: no, think... but I.
2: Oh, go ahead, G. I was just gonna say I.
0: I think I've seen clips from it,
2: but I don't. Uh, I because I remember the the ship itself, the style of it, and everything, but I've never seen the actual movie. So mm-hmm. it's probably just on um, some type of clip show at some point. But no, I've never I've never seen the movie itself. Uh, I had not seen the movie, but oddly enough. Uh, I I have seen Battle in Outer Space because it was on a local channel.
1: <laughs>
2: I was like, oh, ooh, let me watch this. There was some uh, I don't want to say disturbing, but scenes that I was like, oh wow, I'm surprised they did that, where uh, people getting vaporized by heat rays.
1: Yeah, like, mm.
2: but yeah, that was kind of a lot of the same. There was like a uh, there was a scene in that movie where they're riding along some uh, on a planet on like a moon buggy and they're shooting shooting the ships as they're coming i was like wait a minute wasn't this a video game i know i played this in the 80s
0: <laughs> <laughs> well appropriately the war in space does you know use stock footage from battle in outer space mm. so it, it's you know toho never Toho never met stock footage they weren't going to reuse if they could mm. i got a question about if we that we got to the 70s yeah
2: all the shots were uh well, when we get in the plot, I'm sure this will come up. Where all the cities were being attacked? Yes. Was that all stock footage from other movies?
0: Yes, for the most I, part. That's yeah. what I figured. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute.
2: They built an arc, arc to an
0: arc, arc triumph
2: and all this stuff just for this movie? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, all, all of that is li- like we get certain scenes in the movie where I, I, they have a brief scene and it, it's like, okay, that's important later. But all those... Miniatures blowing up. Is, yeah, that's. I don't see them spending that money on this.
0: Well, you, that, that's that's the crazy thing is that yes, a lot of that is stock footage from either the Battle in Outer Space or the Last War. The Last War is a a, a World War Three movie that Toho um made in Mm. 1961 that gets cribbed footage is used from that over and over and over again because in while you say gene yeah they're not gonna make this model just to blow it up in this movie they did in that movie because in 1961 they could afford to do it so you know (laughs) london getting destroyed paris getting destroyed it's like hey last war still works so (laughs) especially at this point in the 70s the japanese economy being not in great shape in 1977 that this was kind of toho's modus operandi that's what kept them uh uh kept kept them making movies you know they had the always had the advantage of being one of if not the largest movie studio in japan Mm. and uh, at the time the japanese studio system to a to an extent it still does work like this but it was similar to the old studio system in the u.s where the the production studios owned the theaters and so toho always had the best locations the biggest theaters. So they always had some kind of money for that because they had money coming in from their theatrical screenings.
2: Aha. Oh, so that's like that's like what didn't what uh, Disney's going to Oh wait, sorry.
0: <laughs> well, this, Disney can't own the theaters. They you yeah. know, they, they did break Not up yet. the studio system. Well, that would that well, gee,
2: when that's the only movie never mind. That's a rant for a different <laughs> show for a different all time.
0: All I'm gonna say is that they they would violate federal antitrust laws at this point because the <sighs> ruling had already been made. There's no there's never been a ruling for antitrust in the form of we own all the IP. Mm. Right. Which IP do we own? All of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I well then yep. I don't really think it should be called IP anymore if one person <laughs> owns all of it. Oh, I'm sorry. Now again, Discussion for a different the, show. The real
0: the real trick's gonna be when you write a blog post and suddenly they own that because now, you know, they own your IP that you've mm-hmm. said, I didn't sign a contract. It's like too bad. <laughs> You're
2: using our platform. What? Huh?
0: Like, Mickey don't shiv, man. You know. We, we <laughs> talked about that way back on Frogs, you know, the, the Disney cops
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh you hit your head, oh, oh watch out
2: there. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't know. He just fell.
0: (laughs) You might want to watch out. He's crazy, man. I don't know. You don't want to mess with him.
2: (laughs) You don't want to talk to the Sarge. He's got a really bad speech impediment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's a lunatic, man. I'm telling you. (laughs) Before Disney shuts us down, because... (laughs) You mean we don't have an in
2: with Gardner? (laughs) He doesn't even have an in. No, (laughs) he doesn't. No. He just drives the car. That's it. (laughs) Driving Miss Minnie. Oh
0: man! All right, so let's get let's get into this because, uh, as I said, there's there's a lot going on in this, but at the same time, there's not a lot going on in this movie. So (laughs) yeah, let's get into. It's amazing how
2: that is quite the (laughs) app. I hadn't really thought of that. Like there's a lot going on, but nothing's going on. (laughs) This movie should be called Tangents in Space. (laughs) There's even dialogue that I'll never know what they said. I know. (laughs) That's an opening scene. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss something? So I had to go back. (laughs) No, they didn't say anything.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. So in the, as as Gene alluded to, in the far-flung future year of 1988... Contact is lost with Space Station Terra while sightings of UFOs are being reported all over America and the world. A follow-up investigation headed by UN scientist Professor Schmidt and his men...
2: Oh my yes. god, the Red Skull?
0: Yes. <laughs> <what> I'm feeling! <laughs> uh, the Space Station crew managed to report to the, ja- to the Japanese branch of the UN Space Federation that a large Roman galleon has appeared and all communication with Terra is cut. And Yes, we do in fact get the the big enemy ship in this, which is called the Daimaken, is in fact a giant space galleon. With a. Okay. A, yeah.
2: <laughs> I almost thought it, we were going to have daikaiju in this movie, because when they show the galleon in the first opening scene before the credit, and that little demon dragon thing, thing pops up, and I'm like, oh, I, I, oh, never mind. That was like a that was like a hatch. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, then we yes. Yeah, so we get to see the the galleon right there, and that that is I I always loved that. It's such a um as I don't know just such an esoteric thing to have mm-hmm. a a and, and that again made me think of an anime type of thing. That's something you'd expect to see from that a a giant galleon ship, even with what appear to be oars out the side <laughs> of it as well. Yes. <laughs> which we'll later find are actually batteries, which I thought was fantastic.
2: Or guns or gores? I don't
0: know. Laser ores. Laser <laughs> ores. Uh, that, that leads us into the opening credits. And then in case you didn't realize this was 1977, the opening credits will will make you aware that it's Yeah,
2: can you dig it?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I watched the whole credits and I couldn't understand anything that was on the screen. Just 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 just, just for the credits. Like, ooh, pretty Good tunes. And then the music kept going, and people were talking, and I'm, w- wait, what? <laughs> turn the music down, dummy!
0: <laughs> you never turn the music down in the middle of a funk out, man. <laughs> you were alive, alive in the 70s, you know that. Hey! <laughs>
2: what are you laughing at, Gene? Weren't you alive in the 70s, too?
0: I don't, I don't remember it.
2: <laughs> all right, well, all right. I was alive technically in the 60s. <laughs> I don't remember it either
0: a lot of people who were alive in the 60s don't remember it so, told, so. But, uh, so with, uh, with communication cut with the space station um, UN team member Miyoshi uh, he visits his uh, old teacher Professor Takagawa and tells him the UN is ordering him to complete the construction of the space defense unit he created now in the dub they say gotten I have always pronounced this as Goten, because I think that's how Japanese works. Mm-hmm. But they they do call it Goten. It's like Goten, got, got is what it is, man. But
2: <laughs> and when I first read that, I was like, wait a minute, isn't that one of the name of the kick one of the guys in Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> one of the sons or Go Gohan Goten. Anyway. So you're well, expecting the ships to do a rival fusion, is what you're saying? Yeah. Or they would, you know, just power up and fire and ah, me, (laughs) ha. Now, then this would be a six-hour movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, uh, no, I'd always thought the name was Goten because in in Atragon, the flying submarine is the Gotenko. Mm. So, I, you know, but again, maybe I'm, maybe with G-O-H-T-E-N, that's, maybe that's Goten. I'm not sure, but uh, Goten, Goten. Uh, they want to finish the gotten so that they can fight back the invaders, but the professor refuses, saying the project was disbanded three years ago when there were uh, out of that, that they no longer need the, uh, the the project. Because and so then the professor gets a call from the Japanese branch that Professor Schmidt, not not the Red Skull, was was killed by something while he was in the mountains investigating the UFO landings. Which
2: killed by something?
0: By something, we're not sure. It's like it's
2: grizzly like he, bear. He did it. he fall in a ravine? <laughs> yeah. stepped in a bear trap? Something killed him. I don't know. Yeah. He had a picnic uh, basket, and Yogi just couldn't resist. Yes, yay! Hey, we're gonna eat me
1: some Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't,
0: I don't, know Yogi. I think he looks kind of fatty. I know you need to watch your cholesterol. <laughs> hey, get off my ass, Boo Boo! I can get this grub at home. then uh uh, so takagawa still refuses to build the goten miyoshi leaves uh i like at this point the summary i'm reading now plugs in the fact that miyoshi is in love with takagawa's daughter june who is a also part of the uh un space federation it's like nepotism oh excuse me i'm sorry (laughs) and And that she was with Miyoshi, but then he went to NASA for a few years. So now she's engaged to Moroi, who is also a member. Because these people only socialize with who they work with. Apparently, that's that's what 1988 has wrought. You mm. know. But um, so as uh, when Miyoshi leaves, they he him and the other guys he's with they see Professor Schmidt driving up to Takagawa's house when he's just been reported dead. So the professor lets in, lets Schmidt in. And Schmidt tells him, oh, I started those rumors so that the aliens wouldn't know to look for me, which is what you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's perfectly logical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so they get to talking and then Takagawa, this, this, this is some James Bond stuff right here or some Sherlock Holmes <laughs> stuff right here. He recognizes that Schmidt's an imposter because he gets him to light a cigarette and Schmidt uses his right hand. And he says Schmidt would never use his right hand because he was left-handed. So the The cover blown, the, the imposter Schmidt, um, you know, immediately pulls a gun right as, um, Miyoshi and, um, Murai all come back and it's sort of a gunfight, I guess, except that he just throws a lighter at him and it hits him right in the face. hits the fake Schmidt right in the face. And then he jumps out the window. (laughs) Like, ow, come on, man, that hurt. Oh!
2: I thought that thing was going to be like a bomb or something. He's <laughs> yeah,
0: so working that some...
2: thing out, showing the other guy. Look, see, see what I got? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to use it. Like just to okay, it's from... going to blow up when he throws it. Bonk! Ow! It's what a taser he... or something, you know? <laughs> it's a, no, it's
0: just it's it's a paperweight. What if he had missed? <laughs> <laughs> then it was really would be like dead. Dead. <laughs> he was like, "Dude, what was that your plan? Is that your plan? It's
2: like... <laughs> <Get> her really." <laughs>
0: it's like we we have we have UFOs blowing up cities that was your plan okay <laughs> this will be a real hard planet to invade okay yeah. <laughs> so the fake Schmidt jumps out the window and runs away and they then discover that he is uh, he was wearing the a latex mask a skin mask he's a skin job folks <laughs> of the real schmidt so I, I thought this was funny. This was like some Mission Impossible stuff kind of thing here with this. So it was, He was Martin Landau, really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and he was a member of the Green Man group.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, they all, the aliens do have green skin. We see a little bit of his skin. Let's see. Where, back
2: where else have I seen a green alien in an anime? <laughs> Let's see. Mm, Gamma. Gamma Hydra. Gamma. Okay. <laughs> Gamalon. Oh, anyway.
1: Gamalon. Yeah,
0: They'll never catch <laughs> on. Well, I mean, th- this this thing with the I mean, this was something Toho did in, in the seventies. To me, this is part of the influence of I think um, uh, the thing about about the Japanese science fiction in the seventies is that um, you know this, the this, the late fifties into the sixties is considered as kind of the golden age of Daikaiju and and the tokusatsu film because TV was starting to be, uh, you know, TV became more common in Japan, but it was it still wasn't everywhere. But by the 70s, TV was obviously fully ensconced. And with budgets being what they were, and uh, the economy being what it was, there was a lot of uh, effort on the parts of the, the, uh, the film studios to appeal to the same type of stuff that was popular on TV in an effort to get the viewers to not just stay home and watch TV, but to actually go to the theaters and pay to see their show. So you see, you see things start to take on the, 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 the one that's always kind of uses the example is like Johnny Sacco and his flying robot, which was called um, uh flying robo in, in Japan. So this kind of, uh, you know, good guy team versus bad guy team with a giant, um, you know, thing that fights uh, the monsters or with a giant ship or something. That was kind of what was popular. So this is very much a, a TV sort of thing with the, you know, it's easier to have aliens who look like humans than, and then just give them some face paint than to actually, you know, do like an Ultraman where the aliens have a full costume and a full makeup appliance and all that. Mm-hmm. So that, this, this kind of struck me as, as very much a, you know, uh, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywood like to say something has 70s damage. This is like 70s damage for um, a tokusatsu.
1: Mm-hmm
0: so um i, I this, this is great you know so miyoshi had gone to the professor and said oh we need to restart the got the gotten project and he said nope and so as <laughs> soon as this happens the professor they they order him okay restart the gotten project and he goes okay
2: alrighty." <laughs> oh, oh you mean they're coming after me yeah. oh yeah yeah we gotta get this done moral smorls <laughs> ah. <laughs> moral morals. as long as i'm alive
0: yeah <laughs> This does, um, now, uh, the UN puts Commander Oshi in charge of the Defense Forces. In there. I
2: recognized him!
0: Yes! A- Akihiko Horata, one of the few recognizable um, uh, Toho players in this film. Everybody knows Akihiko Horata because, of course, he played uh, Dr. Serizawa in Godzilla. He was in King Kong vs. Versus Godzilla. Godzilla vs. Versus, uh, uh, the Mysterians. Tarameki Godzilla. Long career. He was in Rodan. Varon. I mean... He was in a lot, a lot of different Toho films, and he's a very, uh, very beloved um, uh, uh, p- studio player for Toho. And he has, like, a really small part in this, which I thought was, it's like, man... Yeah, he just
2: answers a phone a few times or says, yes. you know... The guy comes to him and tells him what's going on.
0: Yeah. And that's no, but, it. Yeah, but it was great to see uh, Akihiko Harada pop up here with and, and not have to wear an eye patch, which was nice. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they do that to him in... Uh, in um, in um, in Sea Monster, you know, he shows up in Sea Monster. He's wearing an eye patch again. It's like, hey, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's his thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, they while they're building the gotten gotten got got, they um, the aliens step up their invasion attacks and they send their UFOs and they blow up all sorts of cities. They attack New York, London, Paris, Moscow, San Francisco, and um, a lot of this is this is what I was kind of talking about earlier. This is a lot of the stock footage from. Uh, battle in outer space uh this is one of the reasons why i'm guessing the gotten base has can only be reached by submarine because the footage from battle in outer space involves a submarine (laughs) but it is i mean they they go kind of all out here blowing up landmarks it's like uh, dean devlin and roland emmerich you hacks
2: (laughs) early destruction porn
0: yes I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, I mean, uh, they, I mean, London Bridge gets destroyed, the Golden Gate Bridge gets destroyed, uh, the Arc de Triomphe, parts of Paris, it's like, they, I, I do like that, you know, even though a lot of Toho films, obviously, take place in Japan and are centered around Japan, there, there's that definite feeling of, you know, the Japanese concept of nimawashi and cooperation, because they're equal opportunity destroyers, so they'll destroy <laughs> cities all over, all over the planet, apparently. And, so uh, you could
2: say they have a equal destruction directive
0: yeah <laughs> <might say> <laughs> especially yeah especially in this one uh, but I, I do like all that I do like that I mean that in a lot of the the uh, TOA films of the 70s get knocked for their use of stock footage but I, I like it in this case because it, it suits it you know and it's mm-hmm. even though it's, it's using footage at that point that was uh, 20 years old. It it suits the story, so it's like okay, that's that's not so bad, and it's you not like you
2: can kind of in... tell that that footage was old.
0: Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially watching it now in like a, a DVD style quality, you could you can tell that it, but it's but it's, it's still di- good. Yeah, the the difference that I look at was like you look at a film like uh, Godzilla versus Gigan, which unfortunately was crippled by its budget. Uh, there there are scenes where. You know, it, they use a lot of the the monster stock footage. And so, you know, Godzilla, you know, changes drastically how he appears from scene to scene. You know, mm-hmm. day and night no longer matter, you know, in, in that. Here, because it's, first off, it's montage. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's only showing, it's, it's also, you know, only showing destruction. It's not showing characters. There's, you know, you don't have those kind of continuity gaffes. So I think it, it works pretty well. Even again, if it's you know looking at it, you know even if you don't necessarily know, oh that's from, uh you know the battle in outer space or that's from the last war, uh that you do that you can tell it's kind of stock footage, but it is I think it, I think it's well used here to pad out the uh, the destruction.
2: Yeah, and then they suddenly are attacking Hawaii, Gilligan's Island.
0: Well, that's yeah, an island?
2: island. I was like, oh, <laughs> like that <laughs> island ever do to them? Oh wait, okay, that's yeah. the secret yeah. base. Got it.
0: I well, they I thought they. Yeah, at first I thought they were attacking Monster Island. It's like, that seems like <laughs> a bad choice.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you get those defenses down, you're in trouble.
0: Go ahead, Genie. I interrupted you.
2: Well, I was just going to say, it. it it's the, the reason they, and it, it might be from this era, because Space Battleship Yamato was in uh, 1974, mm-hmm. the first season of that. It's just we must construct this stuff underground. Well, in Yamato, all the seas had dried up, so it was easy. Now here, well, there's seas, so it has to be on island, but right. it's got to be underground. We have to build our spaceships underground.
0: <laughs> uh, just, just, uh, just in the interest of um, of trivia, more than anything else, the there are two scenes in that the destruction montage, which are much more recent stock footage. The refinery blowing up, where the ship mm-hmm. catches fire and then the whole refinery blows up, that was from *Submersion of Japan*, which I, I mentioned uh, a little while ago. Um, a, a hugely, hugely successful uh, disaster film from 1973, based on a book, where it's as the name implies, it is a you know uh, a massive uh, natural disaster that leads the island of Japan to start sinking. Mm. And uh, actually they made a remake of Subversion of Japan uh, in the 2010s or late 2000s. I mean, it, it's a, of, of all of Toho's non-monster um, output, non-science fiction output, Subversion of Japan is one of their most successful of all time. So that scene would get reused a couple of times. And then the one I love, so all the cars jammed onto the highway, yeah. and then the one starts exploding, That's from, that is from Prophecies of Nostradamus, which was 1974 and mm-hmm. you know nos is, of course famously famously banned and um, unavailable in any in any form essentially at uh, uh, from any commercial release outside of a one VHS release of uh, last the US the 74 minute last days of planet earth the US version that scene oh, of the okay yeah.
2: cuz i was going to say i remember one we didn't an uh, orson wells that any, was, one of those
0: yes that's that's the man who could see tomorrow Oh, okay. And it's very now that one actually has to do with Nostradamus, prophecies of Nostradamus. If you go back in the archive, I actually covered this. It's it's like this really hardcore, mean spirited disaster movie where the whole world is being ripped apart, basically,
2: as opposed to a loving disaster movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, no, I'll tell you, prophecies of Nostradamus is legitimately mean spirited. I mean, the the shot that like that that highway scene, for instance, which. Uh, again, uh, considering that prophecies of Nostradamus was pulled from theaters by Toho in the middle of its release, and oh. then thrown into thrown into the the vault never to be released again uh, for for different reasons. It actually deals with um, I'll I'll mention it real quick, but that that scene of the cars all blowing up um, they use that footage a lot. I mean, they even use it in um, Return of Godzilla, which we know as Godzilla 1985. Here in the States, I mean, even as late as 1984, they were still using that scene of the cars all blowing up in the own in the original context. Um, as the cars are blowing up and all of them are blowing up, it cuts to, you know, the family with the young kids crying right before they get blown up. You know, it's like there's a massive tidal wave scene at one point, and of course. So we have to cut to the family eating their dinner before they're all washed away by the giant tidal wave. You know, when the uh, when the ozone layer is destroyed and there's, you know, burning amounts of solar radiation, we have to have a, fam- a whole family getting burned to death. <laughs> it's a cruel-ass movie. That's all I got to say. Yoshimitsu Bano was, I mean, he, he had a, you know, he was, uh, he, he had a point, and so help me God, he was going to drive it home. So, <laughs> but... Um, uh, but in any event, um, so yeah, that but that scene of the cars all blowing up is the most well-known, one of the most well-known bits from Prophecies of Nostradamus*, just because it was used over and over and over. Again. I just, I just thought that was funny. Um, uh, ju- just to close the loop, the reason why Prophecies of Nostradamus* was banned was there are two scenes: one depicting uh, like uh, natives in New Guinea who have been tr- uh, turned into cannibalistic um, monsters by atomic radiation. Mm. Ooh. And uh, and then there is a scene at the very end of the film where our main character is, at, at about the 85-minute mark, the film turns from narrative to hypotheticals. And, you know, of course, in, in, a, in a Japanese science fiction film, the worst-case scenario is always thermonuclear war, right? So that, that's what happens. And then so we get the scene of the the world after the war, and it's a wasteland, and there are these two, you know, grotesquely mutated... Humanoids, you know, fighting and uh, beating, you know, one beating the other one to death in order to get a worm to have something to eat. So huh? needless to say, the this depiction of the survivors of an atomic attack did not sit well mm. with certain groups in Japan.
2: I can imagine, yeah.
0: <laughs> so Toho pulled the film and said, Nope! Never <laughs> happened. Never <laughs> happened. I don't know what you're talking about. And that was that. So <laughs> i mean it, i mean really i mean a really interesting movie to watch if you ever get a chance to see it i recommend it as i, said, I did cover it many years ago uh, if you dig into the archives but that notwithstanding, um a much substantially less controversial film the war in space uh so the, as as they're so they're they're attacking all the all the cities and as as dr bill said they they attack uh you know gilligan's island where they're building the gotten and um So they, they keep attacking it, but it's underground, which again, to your point, Gene makes sense because that way they can build the ship without it getting blown up on the surface. Right. So I'm down with that. So the crew is being, all the team is being, uh, pulled back. A lot of them have been moved on to other jobs. So everybody's getting, getting brought in. And so they got to bring in the one Westerner into the team. Jimmy, Jimmy, (laughs) hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, everybody's (laughs) excited to see Jimmy. (laughs)
2: Jimmy almost doesn't make it to the island. (laughs) Yeah, he he has a very interesting trip, because apparently he started on a submarine, but in somewhere got into a fighter plane, went over the island, ejected while being shot at, lost one strap of his parachute, so he starts plummeting down after the plane is blown up, and does a perfect two-point landing and walks away with no problem. Oh, no, no, then he has to leap off the cliff into the water yeah yeah
1: <laughs> well
0: while, while dodging the the uh the ufos shooting at him
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean what was his plan
0: was he gonna was he gonna ditch the there's no runway there's no airstrip yeah. was he gonna I'm, ditch the fighter plane i'm
2: guessing that was his plan all along <laughs> that he was just he, okay i'm gonna eject it oh they can they can afford well, you a know, million dollars <laughs> judging by what happens later in the film maybe jimmy doesn't know how to land
0: yeah, <laughs> he can't stick find the landing. Easy landing is hard. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy is. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's almost as if the casting call is like, we need the whitest white guy we can find to really yeah. sell the idea that this guy's American. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like sure, everyone else in the film is Japanese, but we need a really white guy. And can you <sighs> do that?
2: <laughs> I'm just. I'm shocked he wasn't blonde.
0: <laughs> yeah. His hair is kind of that neutral color, yeah. you know, <laughs> makes a man go neutral, <laughs> at least with your enemies, you know where you stand. But uh, <laughs> I, I really like this whole bit because we get to see the, the model shots of the, the gotten. And as, as has become a kind of a running theme, anytime we get a piece of mecha, whether it's shaped like a monster or not, we have to show scale. And so how do we show the scale? We have gantries. We always have the gantries over the models. In this case, we have a gantry actually moving back and forth over the model, which I thought was really cool. I do love gantries on Mecha. And then I thought this was nice touch, too. They actually do a, a very straightforward uh, double exposure where we have the model of the gotten with the gantries and all that. And then it's, uh, there's a double exposure where we have the technicians walking around it to mm-hmm. give it a sense of scale. I thought that was a really nicely done uh, effect.
2: Yeah, that was that was really impressive when I saw it because they don't draw attention to it. It's just there. So it's it's not for any length of time. Even it's it's fairly brief. So it's like, oh, that's really clever.
0: Yeah. And then I do like at at least at one point they have uh, I think it's the professor is up in the I guess the control room or whatever. And he is looking out the window at it. So it's that that's been optically printed into the window. So it's actually mm. a, a nicely composed little little shot. I mean, there's not a lot of. It's not a big, like you said, it's not a a set piece, but it's a, a you know it sells the realism of the of of the ship, which I thought is, is a, a, a necessary thing when the ship is one of the main parts of your story, right? Again, yeah. So that uh, that I thought was neat. So the um, the the uh, aliens continue stepping up their attacks. I do. Well, we'll mention this when we get in there, but uh, so they they make their they're, they're not they're done playing around. They realize the gotten is about ready to be completed. So the aliens actually infiltrate the base and start laser gunning everybody in their way and taking over and disguising themselves as the sentries. and they get in and actually infiltrate onto the gotten itself right as it's ready to launch. Uh, and uh, they demand that they're gonna they're to take it and they're gonna kill the professor and all that. But nope, here come. Uh, Murai, Jimmy, and Miyoshi to come save the day, and I love that they, you know, all of the crew is like, you know, is but they have, you have the our three guys, and then you have the aliens, and then behind them is, you know, the skipper and uh, June and other members of the crew, and so they just fire <laughs> indiscriminately <permanently> at them. <laughs> We're gonna sweep this area and don't <laughs> care.
1: <laughs>
0: <It's> like, <laughs> Like, uh, oh, damn, oh man, he's whoops, you know. <laughs> those lousy aliens, they killed the skipper, you know. But <laughs> not so much, so uh, but uh, yeah, so I thought that was you know, it's, it's like that story of um, uh, in um, in, in the movie, the in the movie The Black Hole, yeah, mm. the Black Hole from 1979, when they were filming it originally, they had put little LED lights in the tips of the laser pistols that the actors were using uh with the idea being that oh when that that way the tip will light up and then when we we can go and animate the beams in later except that they would just pull the triggers constantly and just fire (laughs) and they said well we can't use that so So with the uh, alien um, infiltration put down they launched the gotten and we get to our first dogfight with the gotten.
2: Bang, oh, I'm sorry, I, I was thinking of something else. I don't know well, why that popped into my head.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing: aren't they, the, the the ships in this are called Hellfighters? Isn't that isn't that a name that's do they, they don't call them Hellfighters in Space Battleship Yamato? The the the, the I almost said centrati The uh...
2: well, they tigers. Well, it was Tiger Squadron, wasn't it, Gene? Yeah.
0: The, the well, what are
2: the, the alien ships? Uh, they they don't actually name them, really. There's, it's just um, a a Gamelon fighter.
0: Mm, okay. Mm. But uh, yeah, so the the hell they it's and this is this is this really puts over the gotten because these fighters, these hell fighters, have been these have been the only alien ships we've seen other than the quick look at the galleon at the beginning, and they've blown up whole cities, you know but the the Gaten just doesn't even have to use its main weapons. It's like, oh fire the aerial depth charges. It's like yeah
2: huh? <laughs> well what just
0: before we even get
2: there yeah. this is how confident the captain is. It's just stop all engines, hold position. Yeah. let them shoot at us <laughs> we're not even gonna move we're, we're gonna be a stationary target so this he must have unobtainium armor on this thing right. This guy's what? no Captain Avatar, that's all I'm
0: saying. Well, I mean, how else are you going to know if your armor is going to hold up unless you test it, right? Well, so Yeah, test and destruction, right? <laughs> but, I, I mean, I'm okay with them launching mines, but is it really a depth charge if you're not in any depth? Hey, hey it's... it's
2: an aerial depth charge. <laughs> it's a height charge. <laughs> a height
0: charge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so Which, they, they, well, yeah. that
2: doesn't really work because you figure... They're pretty much on an equal plane, right? Let's say right. they're at 10,000 feet. So if it's an aerial depth charge and it's going to go off at 10,000 feet, it would go off as soon as you shot it. <laughs> <laughs> Although it could have a delay. I'll give them that. Yeah. It is 1988. Yeah. They do have technology. <clears throat>
0: it's far long future of 1988. <laughs> I, I, I do like that if you if you put all the Toho movies into one continuity, as I've seen some people try to do. This film takes place like 11 years before Destroy All Monsters, which is just really amusing. Which <laughs> the, the far-flung future of 1999,
2: but uh, wow. in any event. Why didn't they uh, use the Goten? Well, because well, I, 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 uh, I lost the drill missile. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's been mothballed since there'd never be another alien invasion ever. Right. Or
2: any monsters or anything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, so they, they take care of the squadron of hell fighters and they launch into space. And I thought this was uh, well, first off the hell fighters themselves. I think they're kind of interesting in that they're, they're spheroid. They're not mm-hmm. really saucers. They're, they're, they're spheroid with like wings and fins on them. Mm-hmm. And they're, so they're, they're, they, I don't know. They, they look, they just look really different from uh, all the other Toho UFOs. What did you guys think of the hell fighters?
2: Yeah, they, they reminded me, and it it's in the future, but they reminded me a lot of the UFOs from the TV series UFO. Mm, yeah. Be- because it's it's more, uh, those aren't round so much, but they, they've got this central block, and they just have something that spins on the outside of them, like a stabilizer. Mm-hmm. So it was it was interesting because it, it was almost like they took... Uh, a tennis ball and just stuck bits on it.
1: hmm
2: Right. Yeah. It made me think of the flying little spheres from Phantasm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. scrims over there. Ah, boy. Get them.
0: Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean I, I like them. I said I my, my favorite um, Toho UFO will always be the Exeon's UFOs from Monster Zero. But I thought these were, these were neat, especially since there was just so many of them. And there's some really nice bits where you get fleets, you know, different squadrons in the fleet all going in different directions. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that, that must've been a, you had, that had, you can imagine the complexity of staging that on, you know, over the effects tank or whatever, where you had to get the different ships moving where they weren't going to, the wires essentially weren't going to collide with each other, uh, but, uh, but the aerial depth charge, um, you know, with their far flung 1988 science takes care of the, uh, the fleet and they, they head out into earth orbit. And, uh, I thought this was another really wonderful effects shot where they are, that the, the gotten is in, is just outside earth orbit and we get them in space with the earth below. I thought that was, and they mm-hmm. do the whole saying farewell to earth. I thought that yeah. was really lovely.
2: <laughs> I expected someone to yell, we will return. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but the the one thing, and this is because there are only two weeks for the gun to get <laughs> yeah. back to Earth. <laughs> Will they make it back in time? Uh, but the way my engineering brain works, unfortunately, is <laughs> when they go out into space and they say, "Okay, shut down the main engines and bring up the uh, the up," or they call them the ion engines, ionic engines. Engine. I- the ionic drives, engine. yeah. Well, the ionic drives are up on what would be the tail. So they're off of the center line. I'm expecting the thing to start tumbling (laughs) because there's no gravity to counteract it. Well, all the thrust is off over here, so we're going to now spin. No, they had those little, they had those, didn't you notice when they stopped in midair, they had those little front thrusters that kind of slowed them down. So they were possibly using the other thrusters to right the ship. Yeah, 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 that's it.
0: (laughs) I'm, I mean, I'm willing to accept everything up to this point. I kind of have yeah. to accept. Yeah, this.
2: good point. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, <laughs> it's just I. There, are so, some things I watch. Like we were watching an episode of Restaurant Impossible the other day, where they were in Pittsburgh and redoing. Well, I want this to look like a bridge, so let's let's make it look like beams and rivets and I'm like. But you don't put rivets in the middle of the beam. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just it, my brain does that to me. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Luckily, it wasn't a load-bearing beam that they were no doing then; uh, no just way. a decoration. So, <laughs> so with the the gotten out in space, uh, they start heading towards Venus. I'm
2: uh, your Venus. I'm... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Little Bananarama, because it is
0: right. 1988, so that would yep. be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a cruel summer for the crew of the got Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Now, as they're flying out, it's going to take them, I think, nine days to get to Venus. Moroy um, asked Miyoshi to take care of June if something uh-huh. should happen to him. It's like, oh, dude, you just signed your own death warrant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. It's the 70s. Take yes. care of the poor woman if I die. Let's not yeah. discuss anything with her. No, oh, no.
1: Well,
2: also, the token
0: woman on the crew. <clears throat> yes. Who, hey, again, happens it's to not... Be the-
2: she was there because she was hot, okay, not well, I, just because she was his daughter.
0: <laughs> I do like that, not because she's my daughter, because she's a good technician, not the best. Techn- yeah, <laughs> she, she's good. She's fine. Yeah. She can do the job adequately. Yeah, she's a passable technician, and that's what we need, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and and it's very again. Not not only is it the seventies. You know, but it's also Japan, so again, that's that is expected in that. You know, but, uh, but as soon as it's like, oh, if something should happen to me, it's like, dude, just just jump out the airlock now and <laughs> save us all because you're not <laughs> gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. Uh, so and I they
2: to... all they all change into stolen Nova uniforms from <laughs> yes. the Yamato. It's like, yeah.
0: what, what, wait, wait, what? Oh. Yeah, the the orange unis. It's like it made me think again of the orange uniforms that everybody wears in Destroy All Monsters. <laughs> yeah, you know, but because inexplicably in space you must you wear orange because they do that in Monster Zero. Also, they wear orange uniform. I, I don't know why that is. I don't know that the U.S. had the U.S. ever had orange uh, astronaut outfits. That's ju- I don't think Japan. I mean, Japan doesn't have a, a space program per se. So,
2: <laughs> Space yeah. Night nineteen ninety nine had.
0: Well, that was, that was the UK, though, wasn't it? So that wasn't.
2: Oh, sure. Was <laughs> and then uh, Jimmy Wildstar gets his uh, note from home. Yes. We're all dead here. We're fine. <laughs> Carry on. Have fun out in space. We'll we'll just be dead over here. We, I... we, we get the montage. Yes. With the family. Oh, like, my oh, God. Man.
0: The montage of Jimmy's family. I, I love that. They're all watching him cry. And yeah. then June's Nobody can like, console I, this guy? I love June. I think he's crying. It's like, are you sure?
2: It's like, well, your back's to us. We can't really tell. You're standing, what? They're standing about 20 feet. I think he's crying, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. What's wrong? <laughs> what about Jerks.
0: I do love it, and I yeah the the family flesh it's like his whole family, every single member of his family is dead. Even that one cousin that he you know only saw that a couple of times, <laughs> dead.
2: And the dog too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So that yeah. So Jimmy gets it. Jimmy Nova gets his. Uh, get gets his <laughs> Nova. I like that
2: better than Jimmy Wildstar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: Jimmy, Jimmy Wildstar, Jimmy Nova. But they both sound. They both sound like indie wrestlers. You know. <laughs> weighing in at a combined weight of 538 pounds jimmy wildstar and jimmy nova they are nova. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got
0: paired together because our name is both jimmy but um so uh with 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 all of the emotions set for the film uh, we don't need any more so they continue out they come across the ruins of the terra space station which is that's why there was no more communication because they blew it up Damn you all right the right
2: hell! Right. <laughs> oh wait a minute, I got something from back back when they were receiving the quote unquote transmission. Yeah, from them and the channel was going in and out. I'm yeah. I'm watching that going. I'm like, dude, just turn the dial in between the two stations. <laughs> You'll get your reception fine. <laughs> e- e- either that, or you're trying to watch 1980s porn on a scrambled channel. Yeah. Is what you're doing? After I where, did that, <clears throat> whereas when he was. The the guy in the station was saying, "Oh, space galleon, you know, huge ship, come to attack us." All my mind went to Star Trek: The Motion Picture. We are under attack. (laughs) I thought that they're probably on Earth, going, "All right, we got to drug test them as soon as possible." (laughs)
1: It's
0: a giant space galleon, man.
2: Okay, send space OSHA up there right away. Yeah,
0: space OSHA, there, we'll get a. There's a space OSHA moment later on in this film as well, which is <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, so they they come across the wreckage of the Terra and they go on board. Uh, it's like, oh, we need to go. It's like we there are no survivors. It's like they say that. It's like, well, we got to go get their bodies so we can give them a burial. And it's like in space, you're just gonna <laughs> you're just gonna throw them out into space, right? I mean, I guess. No, I no, guess we're you're gonna, gonna cart
2: them back and take them back to Earth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's the right
2: thing to do. You're going to get all the ice cream out of the freezer and they're going to shove the bodies in.
0: <laughs> Unre- uh, unrelated ice cream social tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, technically, they could save the ice cream and just tie him to the side of the ship. I mean, yeah. You know, well, oh, yeah, I love that. So, Too soon. He's, <laughs> the one guy's going to go out because he's adamant. We have to get the bodies. <laughs> so, do you know how cold it is out there? Um, close to absolute zero? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's space. Yeah. It's one temperature.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not there's not hot spots and shade, you know? <laughs> it's not the way it works. It's not like Commando Cody with Radar Men on the Moon where there's clouds in space. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> why is clouds in space? Why does the Earth have a shadow? Why are we watching this? But classic Radar Men on the Moon. So, so they go in there, and they go get the, the body of Mikasa. Mikasa S. Tsukasa, captain of the. That's his they, sister. Tsukasa. Yeah. Tsukasa. <laughs> well, they, they bring him on board, and of course Mikasa is an alien in disguise, and so they, they they take the one thing of value from the gotten the girl, and they and, and he gets the hell out of there and escapes with her on a UFO. Uh, they take they take June. So the uh, that that's why we again that's why we needed a girl here. Um, so. I love this. They they chase after the UFO, and they receive a message. It's a message from Commander Hell, <laughs> the self-proclaimed Emperor of the Galaxy. It's like, dude, what are you, like 15? <laughs> well, Commander Hell, the Emperor of the Galaxy, man.
2: He's got to be an adolescent, because it wasn't enough to take June hostage. Yes, they oh, had no. to... <laughs> Get her in an S and M outfit, um, <laughs> well, rather quickly.
0: I, I might add. Yeah. Oh my damn! <laughs> uh, I I love the the fetish gear that they put June in in this. It's said it's bad enough that she's the only the only female in this story. She's wearing, like I said, the the very shapely space uniform, and then they put her in a a leather outfit that is a tank top essentially. And hot pants, and she's being held by the a
2: crossbreeding between Bigfoot and a a longhorn steer,
0: who's totally not Chewbacca. Let's no, just make not, that no. clear. Not totally not Chewbacca. Chewbacca
2: anywhere. didn't use a laser axe. <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. That is the the space beast man is his name, and yeah. But it's, as soon as I saw, it, it's like, oh my god! It's like we're not selling this to you know pubescent boys enough already (laughs) now we put the one pretty girl in leather fetish gear and i mean again 1977 okay it's not as bad as the 60s but i mean those are shorts they don't leave much to the imagination and neither does the top really it's like holy damn
2: the top has a a clear plastic window (laughs) across the front of it
0: oh yeah I like I said I'm sure that, I'm sure there were some some Japanese boys that became men right in this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the emperor of the galaxy hell, they actually they they hail from the third planet of the Yomi system in the Messier 13 nebula 22,000 light years from our solar system. And, and they love the Romans. Yes. <laughs> what have the Romans ever done for us
2: <laughs> besides roads
0: <Yeah>. and education? <laughs> And they that. <laughs> protection oh yeah you remember how yeah. it was before that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i do like uh the skipper here he says well if you're this good why do you want to invade earth yeah there's no other planets and he's like well we like the, the you know he tells that the planet is dying and they need a new planet and that we like your planet so we're going to take it because earth is the nicest planet in the block apparently so and uh, did, did the
2: Emperor steal Serpentor's throne here?
0: Yeah, it does kind of <laughs> look like that. You, you expect, uh, you know, there to be little the spear launchers in it, like in uh, G.I. Joe the movie. Right, yeah. Good because you know, he
2: even has the Cobra um, staff that Cobra Commander was carrying in G.I. Joe the movie. Yes.
1: Hogwash!
2: <laughs> I was once
0: a man. <laughs> yes, I was once a man. <laughs> the line, I, the line I like from that is when it's when Cobra Command, when when Serpentor runs down Cobra Commander and Cobra Commander says that um, that Serpentor won't allow any to speak in his defense. You first, Noble Destro, and Destro says, "Militarily speaking, it is only fair to say the Cobra Commander is a world class buffoon." <laughs> what? <laughs> Lies, all <laughs> oh, lies, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah, ba- yeah, basically, they, they're it's on it's on loan from Sunbow, it needs to go yeah. back to <laughs> shoot the season three of I, or season two of GI Joe. Um, so they, of course, the, the heroes, they 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 need to, it's like, oh, we we need to, you know, rescue June and also stop these guys from blowing from invading our planet, but mostly rescue June. Um, so the, the gotten makes it to Venus, and Mayoshi Murai, and Jimmy. Uh, use a space Winnebago to go recon the alien spaceship. I swear to God, it looked like the yep. space Winnebago from uh, from uh, from Spaceballs. Yeah, it's just the wings are pointed down instead of out. <laughs> it, it even had, like, the stripes and the door and yep. everything.
2: <laughs> well, if that stupid thing could fly all along, why did they even bother driving on the ground to start with? <laughs> Gotta save fuel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see. When I first saw it, I didn't know it could fly, and they just start driving over the hole. I'm like, wait a second, where's the ramp?
0: <laughs> it's 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 that reduced gravity on Venus, um, right? I, yeah, I do really like the whole the whole um, both the effects and the sets for Venus. There's some great shots of the Gotten flying into the Venusian atmosphere. Everything's mm-hmm. orange and cloudy, and there's some you know. Really barren, nice sets that they made. This, this is a really, you know, again, for a film that was fairly made up, fairly on the cheap, this is where the money went. Went to the second half of the movie here, for sure. It, it looks really nice. Oh, yeah. You Wait, can, you which, I if,
2: which I'm wondering if the people that would, uh, what, just, well, two, three years later do Flash Gordon think of this scene. Where they come up through the
1: uh, <laughs> up through the clouds
2: and stuff. Yeah.
0: Like,
2: Dive. Oh. Dive! Oh, sorry.
0: So, uh, yeah, I thought I really I thought this was was nice. Again, there's after that the heavy reliance on stock footage in the front half. They, this is clearly where a lot of the effects budget was spent. I think it looks really nice. Um, so they they use the Space Winnebago to go on recon. They find the uh, the enemy HQ with the the galleon ship outside which has a giant force field around it um and they take some reconnaissance photos but then the daimachen uh reveals as, I, as we said earlier that the oars are actually laser batteries and they blast a living heck out of the space winnebago and they beat feet out of there and get and return back to the gotten
2: apparently the emperor does not like the space paparazzi <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like get out of my office you know but... <laughs>
0: So they uh, and th- this is what I love. So they review all the reconnaissance photos they take, and they see the the the, the decorative ornate head front, you know, piece on the ship, and they immediately decide it's an air duct. Right, because that's what you need on
2: the front of every space galleon is an air duct that leads <laughs> right into the corridor system. Yeah. <laughs> that's a small thermal exhaust port two meters (laughs) wide oh sorry
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so they're they're going to use this to sneak in so they they make a plan where they're going to launch the fighters to just to destroy the force field and keep all the fighters busy while a small band will break away from the main group and
2: uh i didn't catch that
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then yeah so uh miyoshi and so many other crew will go in the in the uh, space Winnebago to infiltrate the ship once the force field is down. That force field's operational. Uh, but uh, come <laughs> on, on, old buddy. <laughs> now, again, it, that's pretty good. I mean, it's one thing to watch Star Wars and make your knockoff of Star Wars. It's another thing to watch Star Wars and make your knockoff of Return of the Jedi, you know, seven years <laughs> before it comes out. That's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, uh, so they, they launched this. And this I loved. I love this. So they launch the space fighters. Oh, this this launch system is amazing. (laughs) They get everyone in their fighters and then they're on a conveyor and they convey the ship over and they get launched into the barrel of a revolver, (laughs) which then revolves like the chamber of a revolver and launches them. It's like, that is awesome. Okay. I I thought that was
2: awesome too. Uh, Until spoiler towards the end of the movie. Oh. when the same revolver is actually shooting energy things. And I was like, what happens if they use the wrong setting? Oops. Well,
0: I whoops. I, 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 I Bob, do
2: have... you set the wrong thing up. We're gonna, well... we're gonna need another Timmy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, I do have a no prize for that. I I I would have to go and get the I'd have to review it, but they I believe they call them like energy torpedoes that they fire from the revolver. Oh, okay. So okay. it, again, if, if and I, I may be wrong because it, at the end of this, again, spoiler alert, there's a lot of red and blue lasers flying everywhere. The, the GI Joe connections continue, but um, uh, if 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 I'm if I'm remembering that right, and they're launching torpedoes, that would make sense that they would fire the torpedoes out of the launcher. Right. So yeah. I, I, again, I, I may be I may be incorrect on that, but yes, that is so neat. I mean, <laughs> and it even had even. I mean, it's not just like it's a barrel; it's got the indentions like the revo- barrel of an actual revolver. It, it's, hey, like, it's, it's, it's a, a spaceship. spaceship. Yeah. It, it, you have to save weight on a spaceship,
2: so of course you're
0: gonna
2: mill that out when you're building it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh man! So they, so we have um, as as uh, Miyoshi and Company infiltrate the Daimakin. There's a big. Uh, dogfight going on and they keep shooting at the they're trying to break down the force field by shooting at the the cave mouth above it and shooting at the force field. Uh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work until um, you know, uh, Jimmy Jimmy is, is making his last strafing run. He gets hit and as we said, Jimmy doesn't really know how to land. Boom. Kamikaze Jimmy goes yep. down.
2: Um, he does. He hate- Jimmy Porkins. <laughs> well, it's it's him and his unknown wingman because yeah. both of them
0: hit. Well, he's again he's he's kind of like the A wing pilot again in Return of the yeah. Jedi who takes ah! out the 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 um, what what's that called the uh, the super star destroyer the executor executor that's it. So it's like increased power to the blast shields.
1: <laughs> that's my that
0: firepower. <laughs> that's <laughs> so kamikaze Jimmy which sounds like a band name uh taking you know, a tonight live kamikaze Jimmy <laughs>
2: it's kamikaze band- Jimmy and the <laughs> space beast
0: <laughs> dude I saw them that one time man they were awesome but <laughs> they
2: open up for Commander hell. <laughs> 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 With the tour <Diocontour>, man!
0: Whoa! <laughs> tour nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, man. The... <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh man! So they, so uh, so they infiltrate comic after comic. Jimmy takes it down. They they infiltrate uh, in, and uh, so they they infiltrate up. And they I love the they have a clear plexiglass manhole that they have to get through. Yes. I'm not sure the purpose of that
2: because there's no ladder
0: associated yeah. with it, so it's not yeah. like it's meant for access. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they but they make it through the uh, that, and then this this was a space OSHA moment where they shoot the guy up on the upper level and he falls off like flat off. There's no railing or anything. <laughs> Well, they are an empire,
2: right? And all empires hate railings.
0: Yes. (laughs) I mean, this This would not pass muster in Space Mutiny, where, you know, there's railings everywhere. Right. Right. (laughs) Fall off of railings. So it's like, no, would that be a not rail kill? I'm not sure what that is. Uh, (laughs) So as they continue to infiltrate, they have to get through um, this uh, bizarre... uh, Again, I'm not sure what this does, where they have a, a little chamber they have to go through, and it alternates between red and blue. Is it an ex- again, is it an exhaust port?
2: It's, yeah, I was it, confused by that. I was like, okay, I'll just okay, well, whatever. Because when it's red, it's, it's dead. It it it's safe. Oh, and then okay. <laughs> then when you uh when it changes color, it zaps whatever's in there. So since this is off of the uh air vent <laughs> opening, I'm guessing it's to prevent microbes from getting in, but wouldn't it's a big you bug want... zapper. Wouldn't you want it? Can active all of the
1: time then? Right.
2: <laughs> uh, maybe they just can't afford to keep it powered up. Uh, yeah. I would have probably waited a couple cycles to see the catch the timing on that thing though. You know, oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Just go. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> two of us oh. can make it. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. Yeah. I'll
0: wait my turn. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I said. Go. <laughs> Notice Mayoshi goes first also. He's like, yeah, mm. I'm, it's totally safe, guys. Yeah, 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 you two can go to time, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, So they, they continue going on, and they suffer just... You can tell it's the big fight at the end because all the nameless guys start getting gunned down as they continue to move through the, the, uh, through the, uh, the galleon here, uh, which is really not surprising. But yeah. um, So Mayoshi finally makes it through. He's the last guy left, and he finds June... Uh, Still in her fetish gear, and he's uh, very excited, but only lasts for a minute because the space beast man is also there, and he. No, no,
2: no, we got to give June her moment because she had figured out the whole base six thing and how to open the door and using those little, you know, hexagonal whatever buttons, and
0: she had her moment in
2: her fetish gear, but Mm -hmm. she had a moment.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they, they get, she, that's right, I got my water mixed up. He finds June in her fetish gear, and then they get thrown in a cage, in a cell. Right, because like, he forgets that guns can actually fire from a distance, and decides yeah. to charge
2: the Emperor. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah, he, the Emperor's, what, zapping him? With, yeah, he's got like, backwards? A, yeah, he's got like a repulsor ray or something yeah. in his, in his uh, walking stick. Yeah. Almost and, like uh, he was... You know, this is more and more like the end of Return of the Jedi. It's like he it was... Really the... It yeah. really is. It I hadn't even seen all, all these... And now, young spaceman... You just got die. <laughs> 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 Those friends
0: will find the, the force field quite operational. <laughs>
2: I'm afraid you'll find the space bees quite operational. Can I,
0: can I give an, a, a Star Wars aside at, at the risk of drawing the wrath of, of Twitter? <laughs> you know, I... When, I, when when my wife and I went to go see Endgame, we saw the trailer for uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end, when we hear the Emperor laughing, I turned to her and I said, finally, I've got somebody to root for in these new movies. <laughs> <laughs> finally. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that'd be... Imagine that, it's like the end, the emperor wins. It's like, oh, that's the setup for the new trilogy. It's we're gonna do the, the first trilogy again, guys. It's all a loop. It's all a loop, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the merry-go-round, up and down, up and down, and around. But the yes, yeah, so they get thrown in the cell, and Miyoshi, again excited. He's locked in a, in a cage with June. He's like, well, you know, we're gonna die. So maybe it's like, she's like, no, I can get us out of here. He's like, no, no, baby, please.
2: <laughs> Wait, was that a deleted scene? What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that's in the uh, that, that, that's in the expurgated version. But um, so they uh, using she's able to yeah escape from the uh, the uh, prison cell because she watched the emperor use the little six hexagonal pad thing. I love that their whole society apparently is based around the hexagons, except all of their military technology, which is based on circles um and their architecture which yeah. is also circles yeah. <laughs> besides all of that yeah. everything's based on hexagons but uh, the- but the fact
2: that she gets it first try
0: yeah.
2: no 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 <laughs> it was the second try the second okay try. yeah that's right because we cut to um oh I, you know we captain we have your daughter and your primary character in this script yeah. so now you must surrender to us yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, it follows the rules of passwords in movies, right? It's always like the third try, and mm. you guess it by looking around at the stuff around you. It's like, oh, it must be this, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's video game logic, too. Yeah. Like, yes, obviously, the combination to this thing in Skyrim is, oh, yeah, it's on the back of the key that I have to open the door, <laughs> too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just once, I'd I'd like a movie or a video game where the password the person gets it by opening up the desk drawer and there's the book that says passwords on the front. Yes. <laughs> uh, Funny thing
2: like, you it's mentioned right that. Here. Me. <laughs> Funny thing you mentioned that. I didn't realize you had to look at the back of the key. I must have missed <laughs> that and was going through the text. And I, I get know. to the spot. I'm like, well, why, why can't I get in? I'm trying combinations. <laughs> yeah. and trying combinations. So I left and went and did some other things and then one day I'm just scrolling through my you know, I'm looking at the objects I'm like, wait a minute, there's things on the back of his key. Hey!
1: <laughs> Duh! <laughs>
0: oh man, just uh, tune in for more of Dr. Bill's Confusions on the next episode of No Consoles for Old Men.
2: Oh, permanently well, on.
0: I... <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you can get that on any episode I'm on. Uh, <laughs>
1: <Dr.
0: Bill's Confusion.
2: laughs> of anything.
0: Yeah. Where am I? You're on this Venus, is, apparently. Just, just, just keep it between the navigational beacons. That's what we say down here in South Carolina. So, uh, <laughs> Even though I live in the upstate, nowhere near the, the beach. But, mm. uh, reminds me, when I, when I was on my honeymoon, we met a couple from, uh, from England. And we got to talking at dinner, and they said, Oh, you're from South Carolina? Do you guys live at the beach? I said, <laughs> You guys are from England. Do you live right underneath Big Ben? <laughs> You live in a chimney.
1: I think of the Well, you
0: can see Big Ben from every point in England, can't you? <laughs> yeah, the Big Ben and the London Eye. If movies yeah. have taught me anything, so. <laughs> but again, my <laughs> my honeymoon in Jamaica notwithstanding, so now with uh, them escaping, now we've got to pay off the the space beast man, bits. Yes. And uh, the Space Beast, man, he loves his monoax. He must have been playing the TSR Buck Rogers game for <laughs> <years. So, laughs> It's like, I'm going to throw something at it, and he's going to yeah. chop it. And I'm going to yep. throw something at it, and he's still going to chop it. <laughs> and what,
2: what I love about this axe is it attracts laser beams. Yeah. It doesn't matter <laughs> where the axe is, the lasers go right to it. Yeah. charging it. It's charging it up. Yeah, yeah that's a cool you know, axe. Why, why would you aim at the guy wielding the axe when you can aim at the axe? <laughs> you need. Yes. I think you need to incorporate the, aim sp- at the. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
0: I was gonna say why. Yeah, why would you aim at the seven and a half foot tall, four hundred pound guy that's in front of you? Don't aim at the big target.
2: No. <laughs> aim behind him at the axe blade he's swinging. <laughs> and then, oh, this isn't working. So let me throw my gun at him.
0: <laughs> yes. Apparently, apparently, uh, he went to school from a the nineteen thirties Warner Brothers gangster movie, School of Combat.
2: <laughs> reload? What do you mean, reload? I just throw the gun <laughs> when I'm done.
1: <laughs> I think you need to thing,
2: um, right? you need to incorporate the uh, the Space Beast into your next um, when when you guys play um, Marvel superheroes,
1: Gene.
2: <laughs> 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 oh God, I got I got to write up his stats now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome, guys. Because <laughs> so I really they, like uh, to play that game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Miyoshi, after, again, running out and figuring that scientific method, showing, okay, shooting the axe and then throwing something at it didn't work, he throws a laser knife that yes. he picked up and, and stabs the space beast in his one vital spot, his body,
2: and
0: uh, <laughs> down he goes. Um, so they, down goes they
2: st- space beast.
1: Down goes space beast. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. oh, it's uh, space the igno the ignoble defeat of yes. space man um so they uh so they they make their escape and they they retrace their steps i thought this was neat they actually do retrace their steps and they get to where they shucked off all their eva gear all their space gear when they were infiltrating it just right. left it all down there now that this was one of my notes it's mm-hmm. a good thing that they brought a you know a perfectly cut skin tight space suit for june to wear well, when they he rescued her because there's a loving shot of June's rear end as they're escaping out of there. It's like Yeah, oh, but would you look at that. It's not
2: baggy or anything. But here's the thing, right before that, right? They June goes down the manhole. And then you see boots and pants come down after her because the one dead guy is being stripped. <laughs> so she is wearing that guy's uniform. Yeah. Which Apparently, he was a size zero,
1: right? <laughs> he was,
0: he was a Cause very, it, yeah, because it fits her curves exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. wow, he was a really shapely dude. Very yeah. okay, takes all kinds, I guess. But it's yeah. like, all I could think of was Tanya Roberts at the end of A View to a Kill when they get in the mine, and she goes, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know, I uh, was like, oh, it's too bad they didn't have one in your size, and it's a perfectly cut uh-huh uh, instead of over coveralls that she's wearing yes it's like Wait, <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> but never let it be said that you know we won't have uh, we won't have our one pretty girl wearing something for for the pubescent boys in the audience so, yeah um, fan,
2: fan service is a necessity in all japanese media
0: so they so they say okay we've got june everybody come back and it's only Muroi that's left and <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm flying, and nothing bad can happen to me while I'm flying straight back for the gotten here. Nothing bad can. Oh, no! <laughs> wait, I'm inside yeah. of it. Bang! But <laughs> well, well, wait,
2: he can't even, you know, evasive maneuvers, something, no. anything. He, he's he, just he... flying and smiling. <laughs> well, he's so happy that June has been rescued. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: You know, he can only go into like, straight line I
2: can die happy now as yeah. the plot dictates
0: <laughs> Well what he's thinking is everything's working out we've rescued June we're gonna destroy their ship one day away from retirement here we go. oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: sign an insurance policy when I get back yeah. got <laughs> my space in, my space retirement coming up yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 And it's like it's like dude you brought this on yourself. You literally brought this on yourself when you told Miyoshi, oh, take care of June if anything bad should happen to me. It's like, yeah, okay, sure thing, corpsey. <laughs> <laughs> so that begins the real big fight at the end because it's not going to be a, um, a movie with a giant flying uh, space battleship without a ship-to-ship combat. And again, I mean that in the literal sense, not you know like they mean on the internet when they say ship-to-ship combat, which apparently is a real thing, that uh, when shippers... Argue over sh- over their shipping. Oh, it's called God. ship to ship combat. I'm like, are you serious? What? Like uh. <laughs> so if you got one group of shippers at like one couple, and another group of shippers at like a different couple, they'll they'll. It's called ship to ship combat, which is <laughs> bizarre. But in any, you're learning all sorts of internet stuff on this, I guess. So, wow. <laughs> Entertainment. Huh. Uh, so yeah, information so the, I didn't get the, uh, from Stella. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, talking about Star Wars, we'll have to destroy them ship to ship, It means uh, you know. Different.
2: <laughs> so it's it's the Luke and Leia shippers versus the
0: Han and Leia shippers. Yes, <laughs> that's ship to ship. No, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> <laughs> no, in nineteen seventy-seven, right? No. Nope. <laughs> have you guys seen that video where it's the guy giving his confession about how he, you know, he, he all the weird stuff that's gone on in his life over the last few years and. He, you know, he met his sister and didn't know it was his sister, and they, they were, he was kind of into her, but then his dad showed up, and this, him and his dad had this big fight. And then at the end, it's like, and then we blew up the Death Star, and it was <laughs> <it's> all...
2: <laughs> no, but I did see a post Mark Hamill made once um someone asked, you know, when did they tell you about Luke and Leia's relationship? And it was apparently, he said, okay, well, you're a princess, right? So that makes me royalty. And she said, no. Or <laughs> Camel to Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Lord Vader, Queen Amidala, Princess Leia, why not Luke?
0: <laughs> she just looked at him.
2: Dirtbag Luke.
0: <laughs> what, I'm the only peasant? <laughs> yeah. Hey, they need they need somebody to uh, to be a dirt farmer on Tatooine, right? So, yeah. Or a, a moisture farmer, as it were. But it, <laughs> In any event, uh, so this begins our ship-to-ship combat portion of the film. And uh, it's a lot of red lasers and blue lasers as these two giant models fire at each other, which, th- this, I mean, again, does what it says on the tin. This is the war in space, right? So, mm-hmm.
2: You said two models firing, and I just went uh, totally different.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a different kind of
2: ship-to-ship combat, yes.
0: <laughs> we were all rooting for you! How dare you! <laughs>
2: I had Gisele Bundchen, damn it! <laughs>
0: Oh man! So the um, the, the gotten appears to have the superior firepower. Uh, we get to see the revolver, torpedoes, and the various gun batteries and everything. Uh, but then the Dimachin pulls up its secret killer weapon, which is the big satellite dish. Which continuing the long tradition of powerful. Uh, beam weapons in Toho science fiction movies being shaped like satellite dishes. And I'm not, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even being facetious. There's the marker light cannon and there's the, the maser gun and um, uh, the, a- the A-cycle light ray. There's a bunch of these. They all look like satellite dishes. And I, I don't know why that is, but uh, it's, it's great that they use it here, that apparently this is not just a Terran thing out, you know, in the, the hell the, the galactic or the empire of the galaxy I was at the Galactic Empire <laughs> they, they, I mean the Galactic Empire likes satellite dish shaped lasers too so that's kind of yeah. their th- also right so but I do love it that their, their super weapon is shaped like a satellite dish uh, and they fire and the gotten gate takes on serious damage and is grounded uh, by the by the space galley. so they as they try and they're, they're making repairs, making repairs uh, the skipper says, okay you guys all leave and go <laughs> do repairs and take June with you.
2: Yeah, leave me alone on the bridge. No, nope, nothing wrong here. Just go, get out. <laughs> no way, 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 but you guys are that just awesome emoting and acting of June. It, let me just let me just redo the lines for you between father and daughter. June, go. Okay. <laughs> June, just go with them.
1: Okay, Dad. <laughs> like what <laughs> it's, not, uh,
2: uh, it's like she's that oblivious She's just like She could have been chewing gum in that scene <laughs> Okay
0: I'm gonna go with that Bye bye let, let's, let's also not forget her fiance just got blowed up About three I minutes know. ago Yeah
2: <laughs> And then they come as soon as he leaves down his secret elevator. Yes. They, come, they, go? they come back. Where, where'd he, in, he but, go? Hey, How'd he get captain. out, And then they they get the the whole spiel about. Well, this is why I really didn't want to build this ship. It's yeah. <laughs> my parallel to atomic weapons?
0: <laughs> yes. This, this is my oxygen destroyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I, you know it's it's the thing it, it's again and then and then so he goes he's gonna just, he's gonna kill himself with this thing. And they're like, no, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, I must do it. And so they launch the drill off the front of the gotten. So wait. That...
2: So wait, we, we have uh, a ship that's got a super powerful beam weapon being attacked by a drill that is
1: <laughs> missile at I, them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I was I was fixating only on the drill. I forgot to be, never mind. Yeah. Just... yeah. Okay. It's just they reverse the good guys, bad guys. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, so they, they, um, they, they detach a drill from the gotten with him inside. It's launched into Dimakin. It uh, causes all sorts of problems inside the Dimakin, and it crashes into
2: a volcano. It breaks the, it breaks the throne.
0: Yeah. The the, the sunboat people are pissed. (laughs) Um, So that that's, and, and down it goes. And uh, this causes everybody's, uh, so the begotten uh, watches as the uh, the Commander Hell and all the other uh, fun-loving members of the uh, the Empire of the Galaxy go down into a volcano. They start getting out of Dodge. We get out into into space. They look back at the peaceful planet Venus as it starts undergoing everybody's favorite type of reaction, the chain reaction, Mm. and uh, blows up. In a uh something that I don't think will have any problems at all for our solar system. No, no,
2: no, no long term <laughs> ramifications from that.
0: Ah, no. Gravity will be just fine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Gravity schmavity. As long as I have the oh, earth.
0: Yeah. And uh getting back to June. So her dad has sacrificed himself and blowed himself up real good. June, are you okay? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you lost your fiance and your father in one day. How do you feel? Fine. <laughs>
0: okay. It's like you st- I still got my Yoshi to take care of me, so it's all good. <laughs>
2: I'm just a woman in the 70s. I'm okay.
0: I'm, uh, I'm just a woman in the 70s in Japan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, I, I'm good with whatever, sure. <laughs> I have to go with the flow. I have to do what the men in my life tell me because that's the way our culture has been brought up. Uh, I mean, we're still in the Showa period for crying out loud. So, uh, with. Uh, the v- the planet Venus exploding right at the end, like a giant Koosh ball, because nothing ever explodes like a giant Koosh ball at the end of our war in space movies. Uh, <laughs> that's it. The end and uh, everything, the day is saved and they all head back to earth in the gotten um, with uh, confident that they've killed most of the crew, but at least they've stopped the, <laughs> the bad guys from, from their evil devious plans to take over the earth. Uh, so, well, now go. that we that's got
2: the, the synopsis done, right. we can talk about the movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like I said, there's a, there's a huge synopsis, but there's not a whole lot that goes on in this movie when you get right down to the brass tacks of it. You know, it's yeah. it, it, we 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 build the gotten, we launch it, we go fight the war in space,
2: we win. End of yeah. story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it was one of those things where they the plot of the movie probably would have been a half hour television episode, but, but you throw in Jimmy and his parents, and you throw in the June and her two men, and <laughs> it, it just keeps building and building and building. As you know, it's, like I said, it's it's tangents in space. It's well, you know, we're on our way here, but let's do a quick side trip to this plot point and then another side
0: trip to that plot point, all over the place. Right, but you know that's. That's that's very typical of space opera, though. You know, that's you know we, we've we've made a lot of sideways references to uh, uh, Space Battleship Yamato, and now, now admittedly that's an anime, so mm. it has to fill up all that time. But space opera in general, that's part and parcel with the genre, is that it's it's opera, right? So it's got to yep. have some
2: dramatics <laughs> involved in it. What do you expect in opera? A happy ending?
0: <laughs> happy ending. <laughs> I think it's amazing that most Americans our age, all they know about opera, they learn from what's opera doc. (laughs) (laughs) So, but uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed this. I thought this was a lot of fun. It's a definitely, Hey, let's go make a movie like that American star Wars movie and get it out before it comes over here to Japan. Mm -hmm. Uh, It, it is definitely a, a rehashing of Atragon uh, with the, the, the flying battleship and the reluctant guy who what doesn't want to build it and uh, the uh, invaders that have a super weapon and all that, it's very much like, um, like I said, space battleship Yamato, which was because um, that was what 1973 I want to say 73 74 in Japan. 74
2: yeah. was the first series of that, yes.
0: Yeah. So that had already been a well-established piece of media in Japan by that point. That was very popular. So it's like, yeah, it wears its influences on its sleeves, but I tell you what, for a goofy ninety-minute tokusatsu space war movie, I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I enjoyed mm-hmm.
2: watching this the the entire time, and while we were talking, you know, as going you were going through the synopsis, I had playing in the background, just watching it again. So this yeah, this is this was a good one. Yep, and I that's like why it. he's the best color commentator in podcasting, folks. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're right,
2: Gene. i'm sorry i introduced michelle to major league the other day and that's oh my god (laughs) she had never seen it i i made a joe boo reference and she just looked at me like what (laughs) you know it's funny i made one that i did that it was the fu joe
0: boo (laughs) and actually want to want to keep this even stranger is that i showed um my boys the whole bit with wild thing vaughn his first outing (laughs) Because uh, I said a bit outside, just a bit outside, (laughs) tried the corner and missed. I said that. They go, What are you talking about? It's like, Oh, we got to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it was was weird. We were
2: listening to something on the radio, and they mentioned something uh, about a voodoo god that liked cigars and whiskey. I'm like, And his other name is Joe Boo. And she just looked at me like, What are
0: you talking about? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs)
2: That's. Four yes. bats. <laughs> Gracias.
0: Ball four. Ball eight. <laughs> How are they laying off pitches that close? <laughs> oh, my God. We got to get, get Spataro on the horn and do Major League on, uh, on is It Jaws. That oh, is... yes. You think I'm having a heart attack? A yes.
2: I'm
1: too old. We're all out of
0: towels. <laughs> I'm Before too old to jump, jump on. locker. Some locker. <laughs> We'd have, I guarantee you, he put, if, if, if producer Paul Spataro puts out a call to do Major League, there will be a line of people. Oh, to yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about Major League. We're talking yeah. about the, the war in space. So, um, yeah. So if you want to own the war in space, good luck with that. Because, unfortunately, <laughs> the DVD of this is totally out of print, unfortunately. And um, Tahoe doesn't seem real interested in, in re-releasing a lot of their non-monster films. Um, most of their most of their monster films are pretty readily available, either on uh, disc, be it DVD or Blu-ray, or streaming. But a lot of their non-monster output, they, they they release them in Japan, but they don't bring them over here to the states. They just don't, whatever reason. There's not a lot of either whether there's not interest from outfits like Shout Factory or Mill Creek, or whether it's Toho not pursuing it there that's just there there was a period in the 2000s where a lot of them became available most of those discs are out of print now unfortunately mm. um what i will say is that if you search on an archive on the internet you might be able to find a copy of the war in space to watch i'm just just not just saying that you do with that what information what ye will <laughs> I mean, the only reason that um, the Battle in Outer Space is available is that Columbia put out a a, there there were three Toho films that were released in the U.S. by Columbia, and that was uh, Battle in Outer Space, The H-Man and Mothra. And Mm. they have long had a, a box set or I should say a, comp- a compilation set. It's not really in a box of those three films as one release. It's called the Toho classic triple feature or something like that, which is a great set if you can find it. But again, that's, that's only because Columbia happened to, you know, have the, the U S rights to those films because they released them over here.
1: Okay. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, but you I, to, oh, go ahead, Bill. I just found
2: on eBay, um, a Toho, that pro- poster that's in English. And as soon as I saw this picture, I'm like, I know this picture. You're, when I was a kid, I'm, I may, I'm, I took a photo album, and I had cut up a bunch of magazines, and I had a bunch of Godzilla pictures in it, and stuff like that. And one of the pictures I have in there is from, is this promotional picture of the War in
0: Space. Oh, neat. Yeah. Sorry. Cool. Oh, uh, no, that <laughs> is cool. I mean, war, war in Space. I it. I don't. Did it ever get released in the U.S.? I don't know that it did. But they, Toho would prepare international versions, um, of, of their films and they would take them, especially at this point in the seventies, they would get them dubbed in Hong Kong, which is why if you watch, um, the, what's the, the, the international dubbed versions of any of the seventies Godzilla films, they all have that kind of, um, sort of flat, um, delivery. It's because that mm-hmm. that is the that that was the type of English that was used in the dubbing houses. Yes, I know that poster as well. Okay. Yes.
1: That's, yeah. Cool. I was like,
0: that's a pretty accurate depiction of the movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> much, yeah.
2: It's even got the Hellfire uh, ships there.
0: Yeah, the Hellfighters and yeah, there you go. But um, so they, they would prepare international versions of their films to be released in overseas and they would dub them into various languages using the dubbing houses in um in, in Hong Kong. And th- this actually is, is – um, th- this is kind of a bone of contention for some viewers because uh, if you're used to the dub that was prepared by, like, say, AIP or one of the Western movie studios, and then you hear the international dub and they're not the same, it really changes the movie. You know, if mm. you're used to hearing one – basically think about a movie you've watched since you were a kid and the dialogue is – everyone's voice is one way. And the dialogue is one way. And then you watch the same movie and it's been redubbed. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really throws you off. (laughs) This is more a problem for the Gamera films than the Godzilla films, but there's a couple of Godzilla films like sea monster, son of Godzilla that fall into this. Um, But yeah, unfortunately this one, not readily available if you want it on disc, but I think if you're, if you're listening to earth destruction directive, I think it's worth seeking out. I think if you're a fan of, of, you know, that the, the space battleship motif, I think it's definitely worth uh, seeking out because it's to me, it's a really um, solid entry into that little subgenre of uh, um, I mean, it's just just mostly Japanese science fiction. But, you know, the whole space battleship concept, I think this is a good uh, version of it.
2: I I agree. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't have the the depth of the characters (laughs) that a lot of them do, but it's still very good. And you can it's not it's not like a super robot kind of uh movie where you have one or one to three operators of this gigantic thing this has an actual crew and you see all these different people they're not named but you see the crew so it it it, for me that's what part of what i like about the space battleship stuff is you have this huge cast because you have to you can't operate a ship of that size with just a few people right Right,
0: Bill. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, Bill. All I can all I can remember is uh, do you remember years ago we did an episode of Back to the Bins and we we managed to talk for like 90 minutes about one book and then we released a second episode of. <laughs> you, you tell the story about where you got a notice from the Selective Service while you were already enlisted. <laughs>
1: I'm in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep.
0: In other words, they drafted me.
2: Yeah, they drafted me. <laughs> Seldom used, little known reserve activation clause. <laughs> In other words, Captain Sir, they drafted me. They did. <laughs> you. You. you, what are you gonna, I'm just going to do the whole movie. Oh, Uh-oh. we need you. Oh, there's some thing out there. Why is everything a thing? Yeah. So, <laughs> Why is everything we don't understand a thing? I bet they redesigned the sick bay too. I know engineers, they love to change things.
0: I could do this all morning. So we better stop. Will you Um, fuck? Will you sit down? (laughs) (laughs) Let
2: me change out of my space dentist outfit.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Well, we all love TM, uh, unfortunately, but, uh, so, uh, so, okay. So, uh, guys, thank you very much for coming on. Would, uh, uh, you know, we as part of the the contract that we all signed with Demonsacor, we have to allow guest opportunity to plug their own things. So, uh, Gene, where else can we uh, find your uh, creative content on the internet?
2: Well, at the moment, not very many places. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of in the middle of a rather major relocation, so right now the only uh, show that is currently releasing episodes is the Class 1000 Marvel Superheroes Live Action Role-Playing Podcast. And yes, that's the actual name. Uh, and they will soon be facing the Space Beast. Well, actually, actually we've, we've uh, finished the game. Uh, we got through that entire module. So I've got a mess of episodes... Now, that I have to sit and edit, but mm. they come out once a month. Uh, there will be a special episode coming out in a, a few months where we got a new player joining us. So we just said, hey, he's got to create a character. Let's record it and release that as a special. So look, look for that when uh, our buddy Frank decides to make a character who he didn't want to be anything like Green Lantern
0: <laughs>
2: and ended up being a lot like Green Lantern.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say if you were, you know I'm trying to think about recording a, char- a a character gen session for me it'd be like Shh. oh, son of a bitch. well remember
2: <laughs> Marvel
0: <laughs> is yeah. all random right yeah so
2: we pulled out the, the big the big book the uh, the advanced powers guide or the ultimate powers guide and used that to create his character so he's an Android. I'll spoil this for you. He's an android who has uh, he can project illusions that he can make. Uh, so he projects images that he can make solid after he projects them. So you know, not at all like Green Lantern. But oh, he yeah. his the weakness he rolled up was to electricity. Wait, so anytime he gets an hit, android, yes, anytime and his he gets, I guess getting shocked by it. Okay, right. <laughs> so if he gets shocked by electricity, his personality changes. And we have to randomly mm. roll in the new personality.
0: <laughs> so he's kind of like what, if Bender gets a magnet stuck on him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you for this, Amy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that that's really the only place I can be found currently. If you want to look for my back <clears throat> stuff, I'm all over Two True Freaks. Or you can look up thehammerstrikes.com, which is the blog I ran weekly for a number of years. So there's a plenty of content you can read.
0: Cool, cool. And uh Dr. Bill, where can we find your dulcet tones on the internet? Uh
2: you know, here and there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, right now, uh, well, you you're hearing me here. Um on back (laughs) (laughs) duh. On back to the bins and basically back to the bins and listen to the prophets. Uh back to the bins. We cover comics on the two true freaks network. Uh we are where are we? Are we almost to uh, episode 400? Well, yeah, I think we are. Well, Gene yeah. would know. He's the guy that did the spreadsheet. Do you want me to look it up? <laughs> no, no, it's okay.
0: <laughs> no, you you're approaching 400, I believe. Yeah, cuz yeah, I've been 400,
2: but yeah. uh, we're we're over that when you factor in other things. Right. Um and listen to the Prophets, where we cover deep space 9, it's my Oh, it's usually myself and Scott Gardner and the producer Paul Spataro. Are are on back to the bins uh, with various guests when Scott and I are not there, which lately has been a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you'll hear a lot of um, one-offs without us. And on listen to the prophets, which is a Deep Space Nine podcast, which I do with Paul, uh, Andrew Layland, and J. David Weeder. Which we are now uh, recording wise, we are, and I think show wise releases. We are into season six. And we're recording wise, we're about three quarters of the way through season six. So it was kind of sad because I was counting things up and there's really only 20 more recording sessions. Of course, that's over 40 weeks. So that's like another year of recording. But that'll be uh, that'll be ending at some point. And uh, that was we kind of continued that after our friend um, um, Sean Engel had yeah. had passed away. Mm. So.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's it's really amazing to me, Bill, considering that. um I remember when you were, you know, a, a listener and you wrote me an email about pretending to be Ultraman shooting the, the beam off your arm ah, in the wow. shower. And, and now you're on the, what, what has become the, you know, the, the marquee podcast on the network in Back to the Bins. And now with the with the um, you know the, with with the essential ending of Star Trek Monthly Monday, the marquee Star Trek podcast on the on the yeah. network. It's, look at this guy ingratiating himself right on in there, just <laughs> sliding on in. Good. <laughs> well, and
2: maybe Gene and I will bring back our uh, our um, anime freaks, which which we had done for some time, but things hadn't just aren't, haven't been working out for me to continue that. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's still out there. It's not totally dead. This is kind of like a, a you know, a kind of, uh, semi reunion for that show. Yeah, or, an, well, this is yeah. And, interstitial. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and you might see other, ah uh, you might see other giant monster related interstitials with the mm. anime freaks crew in the future. If you've been paying attention to things <laughs> I've talked about in Hurt destruction directive, you may know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But I'll leave that at that. I won't say anything more, because once you say something out loud on a podcast, you have to do it. So yes. Mm-hmm. If I'm vague, I can vamp. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? My, my wife said something. She's like, hold on a minute. I said, oh, you need me to vamp? She's like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm a podcaster. I know how to vamp. I know how to, how to kill a few seconds while somebody looks something up. to <laughs> <laughs> But in any way, thank you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast talking about the war in space uh, with you today. Um, And uh, again, we'll have have to, we will do this again at some point in the future. Uh, Perhaps we'll talk about something with an actual monster in it, you know, besides Space Beast Man. <laughs> well, thank you for having us on, Luke. This this was oh. a fun movie to watch and a great conversation. Yes. So thank you. Thank you very much for, for coming on, guys. And uh, everyone out there in, in podcast land, thank you very much uh, for downloading and listening to the show. What do you think? Have you watched The War in Space? Are you for it or are you against it? There are no middle ground on The War in Space. You, you, you're either with us or you're against us. But uh, again, it's Sunday morning. We're going to get political. But um, so. Uh, write in, Earth Destruction Directive at yahoo.com You can also reach me on Twitter, at El Giacone, uh On Facebook, uh, Luke EDD, all this stuff is in the outro To show, uh, love to hear from you And uh, feedback's always welcome I uh, also like to say at this time, of course uh, This show is for Everyone, all are welcome here at Earth Destruction Directive if you want to be part Of our of our community here, so uh, Guys, anything, any final thoughts on The war in space?
2: Um, oh wait, I just got A telegram, hold on <laughs> Uh, I'll be right back. I gotta go cry in the corner. Well, (laughs) VNC destroyed. so That means mission accomplished, right?
0: Gene, I think Bill is crying. Is Bill crying? I don't think. I don't know. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's that montage over there? (laughs) You know why Bill's crying? He just got like his his wireless (laughs) phone.
2: Yeah, I was roaming all the way out to
0: Venus. <laughs> <laughs> they should give you a warning or something. I'm just saying. <laughs> so now, now, as, now, as everybody is everybody's once well? I wonder what my wireless bill is look gonna look like. <laughs> so, I want to thank you guys again. Uh, thank you, Gene. Thank you, Bill, for joining us. Thank you, everyone out there, for downloading, listening to the show. And until next time, keep them stop.
2: Greetings, podcast listener. Do you like... Gotcha, or maybe...
1: How about... Tatsua! Ganida! Or... In the year
0: 1999, an abandoned alien battle fortress crash-landed on the planet Earth. Our most brilliant scientists and engineers spent the next 10
1: years reconstructing the damaged ship and studying its highly advanced space technology
2: called Robotech. Do you remember...
0: Our Star
1: Blazers!
0: Or this? The year is after Colony 195. As the world constantly changes in the chaotic era, there are two mobile suits that could turn humans into the ultimate weapon. The Wing Zero, and the Epion.
2: Or maybe even this.
0: After the desire for blood rules all, the only hope left is the one they call D.
2: Or this. Gene, ships dead ahead! It wouldn't be fun otherwise.
0: Let's do it! Or, if Cardus is allowed to be reborn, she'll destroy Marmo as well as Lodos! Or have you seen the latest
2: episode of... And just like that, everything
1: changed. At that terrible moment, in our hearts, we knew home was a pen. Humanity? Cattle.
2: If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out Anime Freaks, hosted by Dr. Bill Robinson and me, Gene Hendricks. Anime Freaks is a monthly podcast covering all things anime. It is available at two 2truefreaks.com and on iTunes under Two True Freaks Presents Anime Freaks.
0: This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Daikaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Jackinetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work, celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle El Jacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to 2TrueFreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun, Uh, anyway, all right, guys. Well, I'm gonna. I've got to go. Um, I need to make myself some lunch because my breakfast consisted of a pot of coffee this morning. So, <laughs> yeah, mine my juice, that was my <laughs> I had
2: some leftover diet Mountain Dew and some medication. So, yeah, I'm a really
0: <laughs> Breakfast of oh, champions, man. diet Mountain Dew. That's <laughs> full <fistful> pills.
2: <laughs> Fifty with a bullet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the Mick Jagger of podcasting, right?
2: Soon oh, you that... guys will be joining me too.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always think of Homer when he's stuck in the fountain and then <laughs> keeps spring. don't laugh. I was once like you.
2: <laughs> I always like to go to the to the diehard quote. Welcome to the party, pal. Yep. <laughs>